Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is the Mind Your Body podcast, episode 21, Eating Healthy on a Budget. That sounds like a fun topic. Well, okay. It's maybe not the most fun for everybody, but I will say in my own experience Mm -hmm. and journey in health, it was one of the most important top of mind subjects for me when I was first getting yeah. into health because I was in college yep. and super broke. So, yep. so this is, was definitely a barrier for me, a barrier to entry into like actually making more healthy decisions in my life. Um, but yeah, when I was finding out that I couldn't have gluten and I was starting to kind of see what, how other foods were interacting with how I felt and like my right. energy levels. Um, yeah, the biggest thing for me was figuring out how can I do this and not break the bank? Absolutely. And, and just to be clear, we're talking about being smart with our money. It really mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're on a really tight budget or you, you know, you have, you know, more disposable, yeah, income. More disposable income, but you just want to be wise with how you spend it. So, right. so we are going to talk about that spectrum mm-hmm. of, you know, where you are and what you might want to consider just in terms of being wise yes. financially, how to do this as efficiently as possible, yes. get the most bang for your buck. Yes. And right. Yeah, because yeah, regardless of your budget, I think for most people, they do want to do it in a smart way. Exactly. Exactly. So, so why the reason that we're doing this episode, we've I think we've both had clients that are talking to us about this that are concerned about eating healthier or starting to bring in higher quality meat, organic produce, but are concerned, oh my gosh, that's so much more expensive. Mm-hmm. So again, we're going to talk about how to do that in a smart way, how to decide what is important, what may be less important, and how to start where you are. Yep. Yep. And I think that the first thing that we want to cover is just kind of dispelling that belief that, you know, eating healthy is expensive mm-hmm. because that that was the belief that I had until I really started learning about it and doing the work myself and actually just going to a grocery store and putting things into my cart and comparing them to my budget. Um, but I always had this belief that if you want to eat healthy, that was kind of reserved for people who had money right? and not for people who didn't. And right. so really just kind of, you know, spreading the belief and like the truth of the, and the reality that eating healthy doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to look like 
going to Whole Foods and spending, I, I remember people calling it whole paycheck right? because it's just so expensive. So it doesn't necessarily have to look like that. I think that's the image people get right. is going to the really fancy schmancy mm-hmm. stores and buying all these like fancy schmancy products that may not even be all that healthy for you, like the, the convenience. health snacks. Yep. Yep. Healthy convenience foods. Yep. And Absolutely. If, and, the, and the other piece of it is just being honest. I mean, we're going to go into more detail about this, but being honest about how much are you spending eating out and how much money are you spending on that? Right. Because I think a lot of people disconnect the two. Yes. And for me, what, what it was funny was I think when I was grocery shopping initially, because I see that big, like I was doing all my grocery shopping for the week, I saw a bigger number than if I was just going to Chipotle and seeing that $10 from right. getting my burrito bowl, that the difference between that, like that felt more like, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much money versus really understanding that throughout the week I was spending way more money eating out right. and on convenience foods than that one trip to the grocery right. store. Absolutely. So that is kind of getting clear on paper how much overall money you're investing in food mm-hmm. in a week or in a month. And I think for most of us, we'd be really surprised at, you know, how much we're dropping on takeout, on ordering, on just grabbing something again, like at Chipotle or something like that. I think we're not talking about going out for a hundred dollar meal necessarily. We remember those moments, but it's all the other little 10, $20 that really adds up that you know, we can kind of shift out of if you're shopping smart, you're doing the meal prep that we talk about so that you've got healthy, delicious food that you genuinely love at home that's super easy to just heat and eat or take with you for lunches or on-the-go snacks. Yep. So. And I I just want to share that, like, my personal thing I had to be honest about with the extras that I was spending money on was Starbucks. Yeah. And, I mean, I still have a slight Starbucks problem, and I just want to admit that here and be honest. Thank you. Yeah. And, but during the time, I was getting Starbucks every single day, but because, and I was getting, like, the lattes. Mm -hmm. Now I get coffees, so I'm lying to myself saying it's it's better, but I still have a problem. Um, Anyway, but during the time, I was getting these lattes, and I was telling myself, you know, spending that five dollars every mm-hmm. single day on a on a freaking latte. And then I was like, oh, I can't afford healthy food. And you know, yeah. so just getting really real with ourselves as to if we're just spending little things here and there and then kind of being dishonest to ourselves about right. being right. able to afford And I think food. those are moments, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think those are moments where speaking of investment, you know, I have I invested in a French press, so, you know, not that it was very expensive, but I buy organic coffee and then I have some really good coconut milk and some stevia, coconut flavored stevia that I like to put in it. So I am not depriving myself. Mm -mm. I'm making fancy coffees at home, not to say that I never go to Starbucks, but right. So that investment, it's still so much cheaper. It is. Oh my gosh. Honestly, it's more of a treat when I make my coffee at home now. And like, yeah. you know, it's funny, even my partner will be like, hey, can you make that coffee that you make? Like, oh, he, he nice. loves it. Yeah. So it's just interesting to, I, I you guess know, it, to you. For me, and you know, I, I guess I sort of gave a tell at the beginning when I said, oh, I feel like this isn't a very fun topic. I think the word budget can be triggering for a lot of us. And no, it is for me. It feels mm-hmm. like, oh gosh, wah, wah, here we go into something restrictive and unfun. And I think what's really important is to make sure that we are buying food and crafting meals that are 
delighting our senses and yes. doing the coffees and not making it feel like punishment. Right. That's that's where we derail ourselves and we just go back to, to what we were doing before. The other thing in terms of, you know, thinking about our budget, I think we do need to kind of go up to the 10,000 foot view and get honest with ourselves about our overall priorities in terms of our budget. You know, mm-hmm. I've definitely talked to people who are, you know, driving you know, they've got two brand new cars in the driveway, a huge home, going on expensive vacations that say they can't eat, afford to eat healthy food. Mm-hmm. So, and again, that is not a judgment zone. As long as that's a conscious choice. Right. That's the key, right? Is, okay, could we rejigger our budget just a little bit to accommodate eating a little healthier? And again, it doesn't have to mean spending a lot more money, you right. know, and, and we'll talk about how that can work. But Really thinking that through, that investing in your health, in your family's health, it is going to pay off down the line in lots of savings and productivity, you know, in the present. So, and we'll talk a little bit about that later, but but I do think, you know, if you're thinking in your mind that, well, this just can't work for me, just maybe keep an open mind and listen to some of our tips and our budget saving hacks and see if maybe you could start tinkering, yes, experimenting with and, some of that. And there's just like a little quote that I like because it kind of frames what you were saying up a little bit um, into this quote. And it's actually, I think, I'm stealing this from Paula Pants from the Afford Anything podcast, but she her quote, her opening quote is always, you can afford anything, but you can't afford everything. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that's like good. that's just a really, like yes. to me that resonates in a way that's like, if this is a priority to you, you can make it work. Right. But you can't continue to live your life exactly the same ways mm-hmm. and investing in all the other same areas and then have this, you know what I mean? Like have right. this on top of it. So right. you've got to maybe figure out if this is more of a priority, how do I kind of put my money there versus mm-hmm. other things that you know, at the end of the day are not going to add as much enjoyment and build as much um, or give me as much in my life. Right, right. And I do think that that's where we have to get clear, like we've talked about in our other podcasts, why does this matter to me? Mm-hmm. Why should I put the effort in, you know, adjusting my budget and making this a priority? What will the payoff be, right? right? We have to have in our mind and really understand that there is a tangible payoff. Right. In terms of body composition, aches and pains go away, headaches go away, you're more productive, your hormones can rebalance. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. But again, baby stepping into this, that will start to give you some buy-in when you start to see results and then maybe you'll, you'll start to go a little further. Right. So we all have to start from where we are and start to see that, oh, this does make a difference. I can see why I should care about this. Right. It's hard for our brains to want to make changes when we can't really understand why we should care. Right. You know? Or if we feel like it's going to be, like, it's not going to be enjoyable. That's right? a very good point. And I think the reframe for me, too, when I was starting to eat healthy was just really finding um, those meals that were affordable but also really delicious, like you said. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not depriving yourself yes. of things and realizing right. that, like... Sometimes the meals I make at home are way more exciting and delicious and flavorful right. than the ones I have at restaurant. And when I say flavorful, I don't mean like you actually like flavor is in like salt and stuff like that. Cause I'm like at restaurants, sometimes it's like 
too much going on, you know, where I'm like, like I'm like a super taster of salt yeah. and all the other stuff now. But like you can taste, you can actually taste what you're eating. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and so much of that is about your palate coming yes. back to life, right? Yes. When you're not eating processed food, you can actually taste real food again. Carrots actually taste sweet. Yes. You know, you really can taste the flavor, but but that is a mindset shift, uh, and it's one that requires action. Mm-hmm. You have to experiment for yourself to really start believing, oh my gosh, cooking at home, eating real food can actually taste delicious. Because the way we think of healthy food, you know, you see the memes all the time that, you know, life's too short to eat celery and be sad. Right. That's not what we're talking about. Right. You know, we really are talking about, <laughs> you know. Making food delicious and tasty. Right, right. I, Jenny and I both really enjoy food. Yes. Let's be clear. And, and you know, I, I've had people say, yeah, sure you do. Yeah. That's because you've learned to eat weird. Well, no. No. We really like good food. I do like good food. Yeah. And I mean, I I feel like I'm a little, I'm probably, when, when comparing R to whatever, not that it's a comparison thing, but I think that I probably eat more um, conventional or non-healthy food than you even, like in just my typical daily balance. And that doesn't mean that I don't strive to eat healthy and, and add as much delicious nutrient-dense foods into my my plate. But, you know, having all of that, usually when I'm having to grab something that's not as nutrient dense, like it's kind of a bummer for me. (laughs) Not in the sense that Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it's not nutrient dense, but it just doesn't, it doesn't taste as good to me. And I, that's kind of one of the consequences for me in that, in that. And like, obviously, yeah, every now and then I'll have something that's like delicious and not as nutrient dense and I enjoy it. But, um, but for the most part, I do think that we're conditioned to think that healthy food isn't tasty. Exactly. And I guess we're just trying to say right. that's not true. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so so let's get into the nuts and bolts of some of the money-saving hacks that really can make a difference. And a lot of these are some that, you know, maybe some of you will think, well, duh. But we're going to put these out here, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're new to this and aren't really sure how to start, we're going to cover all the basics and then go into kind of some next level strategies. So yes. why don't you hit us, Jenny? Yeah. So the first one is plan your meals and shop accordingly. So meal prep, essentially. Um, it doesn't have to be super, super complicated as like the meal prep that like you have everything in containers and it's all portioned out or anything like that. But just like just getting some foods into your cart that you're like, okay, this could be an easy thing that I can just cook up and grab at during the week. Like I know a lot of my clients, like they just start off with um, just finding some things they really enjoy and cooking them up and just starting to kind of get used to grabbing and eating those foods together. Right. So so again, think in terms, think like Chipotle. mm -hmm. Think about their offerings. Okay, they've got several kinds of meat. They've got several kinds of vegetables. They've got condiments, right? Maybe they have a rice option or a salad option. Think in those ways and think about pulling from your refrigerator the type of meal that you would like. That's the way that I encourage people to start shopping and meal prepping in the beginning. Okay, I'm going to choose two or three kinds of meat. Maybe I'm going to grill them. Maybe I'll just have some ground meat, whatever you prefer. Then I'm going to choose some starchy vegetables, some potatoes, sweet potatoes, that kind of thing. Then I'm going to get stuff for a salad. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to get some... Non-starchy vegetables, some broccoli, cauliflower, peppers that maybe I'll roast in the oven. Perfect. Done. 
That is all you need for super simple meal prep. So basically what we're saying is that get down on a shopping list the amount of food that you think you might need, and this will take experimentation yeah. depending on how many people are in your family and if you're taking your lunch or or whatever, you know, you will have to tinker with this. And on my website, I do have a four-week free meal plan that includes a very detailed shopping list, and you can just grab that if you go to primaltransformations.com, and that can get you started just to, again, just you could just use it to brainstorm. Yeah. Even if you don't want to use it exactly, but to give you a sense for how much food you might need for two people or four people, for example. So no, that's great. Yeah. So so why why do you need to do that? The goal is not to have food, food that you're wasting, mm-hmm. right? That's the key is how depressing is that? Right. And I think a lot of people, well, I'm just going to speak for myself. When I was first tinkering, it was a little disheartening to throw away food that I didn't use because I was still figuring out how and what, and I was doing it for myself. And I think, you know, whether you're doing it for yourself or a family, it's Mm -hmm. tricky. It's tricky to figure out at first. So give yourself some grace the first couple of weeks months even that you're doing this that you may years (laughs) I mean I still throw out food from time to time but it's it's one of those things where it's just part of it that like you're every now and then you're gonna have some food waste and I mean obviously try to eliminate it as much as possible and right and so you know a lot of these tips kind of feed into that um one of the really big ways that I eliminate produce waste well first of all Towards the end of the week, I will make another breakfast casserole or breakfast muffins with eggs and whatever leftover veggies I have in my refrigerator. And maybe I have some leftover ground beef or ground turkey. Mm-hmm. I will throw all that in. You know, mm-hmm. okay, the green onions are a little limp. I don't care. The, right? <laughs> that in there, Doesn't yeah. matter. So I, I put a lot of that in there. But also buying frozen vegetables mm-hmm. is such a great way to make sure you have produce on hand but you're not going to have things to throw away and the tip that has seems to have been helpful to clients and this is what we do we keep a bowl in our refrigerator and we put our frozen veggies in there to thaw Mm -hmm. we always keep a few bags in there once those are thawed then we can drain them in a colander and pat them dry and then roast them saute them and then they don't act like frozen vegetables. Mm. I think that's the, you know, we always have this perception of the soggy, damp, mushy mm-hmm. pile. Yep. Well, by making sure that you have bags thawed, because there's nothing worse than pulling a frozen bag of vegetables out of the freezer and trying to do something with them. Right. Immediately. Right. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. That's so, true. so that bowl has been very, it, again, that is such a simple thing that has made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. for us and then of course we're buying some fresh herbs and green onions and fresh greens but we rely very heavily on frozen veggies so yeah no and that's awesome and that way you can just pull it out whenever you need it it's yeah. convenient um you know the other thing for me that I've been doing recently too because I sometimes will end up with more food than expected or like we haven't cooked up all the food that we thought mm-hmm. we would is just having extra freezer space for that. So Absolutely. you can just stick it back in the freezer. And then oh, the next yes. week I incorporate that into my meal prep. That's so good. And so it's, that's like, and I know again, that sounds like a duh thing, but that's no, it been doesn't. very helpful. No, it, just have that it, those mindset. are the little things that make a difference. And that's, you know, this, this next tip is in alignment with that is to, 
organize your refrigerator and freezer so that you can conveniently access the food that you've prepared and things don't get lost in the back and then you pull it out a few days later and you have to throw it away. So that's where as much as you can get like square, the square glass Pyrex containers, they stack and you don't have the waste from the round. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, that's a little thing and it's not like, okay, throw out what you have, but as you can upgrade that can make a really big difference. Yes. You know, that's a great point that like it may sound dumb, but yeah, or being able to have those, the square ones are way better because you can just easily like stack them and mm-hmm. put them side by side and not waste as much space. And have an organization system in your refrigerator where one shelf is your proteins and one shelf is your condiments, one shelf is your you know, starchy veggies, however you want to do it, however it makes sense to you without being OCD about it. But it's just so nice to be able to find what you want. And again, it doesn't get tucked somewhere in the back and and then you have to throw it away because that's not budget friendly. Right. Right. For sure. So. So. The next tip is purchasing a small cooler bag so that you can use that for lunches and on the go snacks. Um, and, and try to pack your new, pack your food the night before. Um, I think that's a really good tip because I know that I have to do things like that because the morning of my brain is not turned on Absolutely. and I'm not going to like, and even for like the things I need for my workouts, like I have to pack it the night before yep. unless it's just a scramble. Right. And so just knowing yourself that like, you know, potentially for you that packing your food the night before is going to set you up for success the next day. And having these snacks on hand are going to be so helpful for you so that you don't eat out. That's it. That's, yeah. That is it. And and take more food than you think you'll need. Yeah, that's I a mean, great... I that's, mean, that has worked so well for me. And again, I'm not throwing it away if I don't eat it. It's in a cooler and then I'll put it in a fridge if I'm at my gym. If I don't eat it, I bring it home and either eat it for dinner or I can, you know, eat it another time. But... Yeah. Again, otherwise you are kind of leaving yourself vulnerable to, oh, should I just run and grab something? Right. And even if, I don't know that everybody's work environment supports this, but if you have access to a fridge at work, like just keeping some extra things in there as well. Mm -hmm. I've noticed even for myself that it's so important that I bring things to my job and have them ready to go because it is so tempting to just go out and get something really convenient. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. So, so this next one is really important. We're we're talking about, you know, how expensive organic produce can be. And again, that's that is a kind of a complaint that I think we hear quite a bit is gosh, do I really need to get everything organic? It's so much more expensive. So, this is where and we will link to these in the show notes is looking the Environmental Working Group every year puts out a list. They call it the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. So the Dirty Dozen is their list of the top 12 types of produce that are really heavily contaminated with pesticides mm-hmm. that, gosh, if I can't get that those organic, I'm not going to buy them at all. And so I pulled up that list here. And so just, you know, to give you a couple of examples of what's on the 2018 Dirty Dozen list, so that would be strawberries, spinach, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries tomatoes, you know, several others. But these, you know, are examples of foods that it really will make a difference to your health. So I'm going to click on potatoes here. Why is this going to matter? 
So it says for potatoes, conventional potatoes had more pesticide residues by weight than any other crop. One pesticide in particular, chlorophram, makes up the bulk of pesticides detected on potatoes. So I don't know the specifics of that pesticide, but it's so critical to understand what pesticides are doing to our gut microbiome. Yeah. Well, and they, what I do know about yeah. that is it's very hard to pronounce. So. I, I feel like I rocked it, and I you don't did. think anybody's going to question my pronunciation. Get it? That's a joke. Uh, yeah. So we're just going (laughs) to gloss right over that one. Yes. No, but I I say that jokingly, but I also say that seriously in the sense that, I mean, typically this, these things that are hard to pronounce that are in our foods can be like some of the worst things for us, you know? Well, and it's disconcerting that so many of the pesticides allowed in the United States have been completely banned by the European Union for years and years. Right. Right. And that's, that's frustrating, but not to get political, it is hard for our brains to understand that, okay, I look at conventional potatoes and organic potatoes, you know, this one is $3 more, they look exactly the same, and our brain can't really compute. Why is that worth it? I can't even see, you know, anything that's different. But I'll tell you, if you have a fat loss goal and your liver is overloaded with pesticides and toxins and your gut health is off, losing weight is going to be so much harder for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to impact your skin, your gut health, potentially trigger autoimmunity, you know, cause brain dysfunction. The, you know, again, I'm not trying to be inflammatory or, or you know, have, yeah, fear-mongering at all. But when possible, it is really a good idea right. to, to buy organic. So looking at these lists, so again, there's also a list called the Clean 15, And this is a list of the produce that, gosh, there's very little detectable pesticide residue. And it's a great list. It's things like avocados, sweet corn, pineapple, onions, asparagus, mangoes, kiwi, cantaloupe, cauliflower, broccoli. I was Mm -hmm. really surprised. Mm -hmm. So, for example, for broccoli, it says 70% of broccoli samples had no detectable pesticide residues. Only 1 in 10 broccoli sample contained more than one pesticide. So, you know, that, this is so helpful to be able to look at these lists and go, okay, well, if it's only a few cents more, I'll go ahead and buy organic because I want to support, organic you know, organic farming. farming. Yes. But if it's a big difference, then gosh, you know, I'll definitely get conventional. Right. So things like asparagus, that's a huge cost difference. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. So and that's, avocados too. And avocados. Absolutely. So so we will link to those lists and, you know, those can be really valuable resources. And I think they even have an app that you can get on your phone. But, but again, all that is to say, going back to what we said in the beginning, if you can't afford to buy anything organic, then, you know, do your best to wash your produce but you're still your health is still going to be far better off by eating real food. Right. Well, and then just maybe consider not eating or including the dirty dozen into Good your point. your meals as much as you might normally. Um, not that you have to be fearful of them or never eat them, but just like to just be just to say like for strawberries, right? The number one dirty dozen food. Maybe I'm not going to have strawberries every day. Right. You know what I mean? If right. I can't buy them organic, right? Maybe, maybe I'll have pineapple be... instead, which right. is on the Clean Fifteen list, exactly. and and do those kind of easy swaps because you know, again, knowledge is power. 
Right. And if you have that information, you can make a conscious decision. But don't use the cost of organic produce, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater to say, okay, I'm not going to eat healthy at all because it's just too expensive. Start where you are. Exactly. And the next one is another great tip for if you're trying to save money or maybe you're just in a place like I was in college where unfortunately, um, you know, $10 did make a difference in my grocery budget at the time is just to say if you can't afford the grass-fed or organic meats or wild-caught fish, to buy conventional lean meats instead. And so, that you know, that means like the 99% fat-free things. And Lisa, why don't you explain to us why that's important, to have the least amount of fat in our meats if we're going the conventional route. Right. So conventionally raised meat, it, the toxins are going to be stored in that animal's fat. So, mm-hmm. you know... It's not just we are what we eat, it's we are what we eat ate, mm-hmm. right? And so these conventional animals, a conventional cow is going to be eating, you know, GMO corn, soybeans, lots of antibiotics, and a lot of that residue is going to be stored in that animal's fat. So if I'm going to buy conventional or if I'm eating out, which I do, I'm not scared to do that, but I'm not going to get a ribeye steak. Right. Right. A fatty cut of meat, I'll get a sirloin steak if I'm going to eat out at a restaurant. Make sure that's a very lean cut of meat. So whether it's beef or chicken or whatever, to get the leanest cuts that you can if you can't get the organic or grass fed. So, yeah. And then we'll talk about, you know, a little bit about how to afford grass fed. I mean, that's where going in with a couple of other people and getting a cow share. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, we've got some great local farmers here. You know, I buy my beef from Graze the Prairie and it comes out to be, I believe, five ninety nine a pound for our steaks, for our roasts, for that's all amazing. of the meat that we're getting. Yes, it's a little bit of an investment on the front end, but my freezer is full. I know my farmer. I know how she treats her animals and that's important to me, mm-hmm. right? And it's a lot, gosh, if I went to the store to buy a, you know, that same steak, you know, I would be paying, gosh, I don't even know, $15 a pound, right? something like that. So, and again, you can go in with a couple of other people to get a little more meat and, and there are people, farmers everywhere that are doing this. So, and I think that's such a, that is such a great tip because before I moved to Kansas and really, you know, talk to you about a lot of these things. I had never even thought about buying a whole cow. Like that was just like, you know, living, growing up in Atlanta, nobody ever bought cows like that. Like that wasn't a thing and it was never talked about. So I think for, for people listening from different city places, like, you know, getting access to that is not going to be too hard. You may have to go a few miles out from the city, but that is such a brilliant idea that just never crossed my mind until yeah. I came to Kansas where people well, were a bit more open-minded and, to something And like just that. to be clear, you don't have to buy a whole cow. Well, I you mean, can buy like half a cow or a quarter I, cow. We or... buy a quarter at a time, but I've also bought just a meat bundle, you know, and that'll maybe put it up a dollar a pound, you know, just to buy a smaller portion. But you can go down to any farmer's market. You're going to find you know, these farmers down there that are probably selling right from the market, but that's where you can access them, get to know them under, you know, I like that. I like getting to know my farmer, but it doesn't have to be this, that I have to travel 30 miles to a farm. Right. You know, Linda, gosh, she brings, 
I place an order online, she meets me somewhere, or I meet her at the farmer's market with the order a few days later. It's really simple. It's all packaged, and I put it in my freezer, and then I don't have to think about it. Right. And I know what's in my meat. And so, again, if this isn't where you're starting, don't stress about it. Right. <laughs> but it does make a difference. You know, the omega-3s in grass-fed beef are so powerful for reducing inflammation in your body versus all of the really suboptimal omega-6s that are pro-inflammatory that you'll find in conventional beef. So, again, if you can make that investment, it really matters. Right. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So this next tip is is more for people who may have a bit more time, which we're going to cover that actually in our next podcast, talking about the people who feel like they may not have enough time to eat healthy. Um, but make your own dressings. Make your own, because I know that, you know, again, it can be so convenient to just pick up, you know, ketchup and everything like that. But if you're able to make your own dressings, you know, over time, that is going to be much cheaper than buying the really expensive healthy ones because the a lot of the healthier sauces, it's, you know, you buy a tiny little thing and it's 10 to 15 bucks. And I think that for a lot of people, that can be very um, disheartening. Yeah. And I so, mean, you're definitely paying for the convenience when yes. you're, you know, buying a Primal Kitchen dressing or mayonnaise or kombucha or something like that. You know, those things are pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. to make yourself. Personally, I do buy them pre-made just mm-hmm. because that's... I don't want to take the time to do that, but if I had to choose whether I would do conventional or make it myself, I would definitely make it myself. But this is where something like a Thrive Market online, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Thrive Market, it's a membership site, but all of their health foods, condiments like Jackson's Honest Chips, you know, cassava flour, all the kind of paleo snacks, I mean, it's on average about 30% cheaper. I, you pay for that member fifty dollar membership, you know, within one or two orders. Mm. It's a really great deal. So, yeah, and we awesome. don't have any affiliation with them. No, nope. so. we're not making money off that. Yeah. So, yep. And the and the other thing too, we talked about this earlier when we were you know creating the structure for this episode was that you know if if making your own dressings or buying the expensive dressings just seems like that is kind of a barrier for you right now or too much of a right. hurdle, then forget that. Like just, just go ahead and get the conventional sauces for now. And, you know, eventually I think it'd be helpful to move into, you know, getting those, um, healthier dressings and sauces. But in the meantime, I know for me, when I first started, I wasn't there yet. And right. so for me, right. it was just about getting, yeah. you know, whole foods into my cart and sure. meat into Absolutely. my cart and, you know, and yeah. just getting ketchup and other things sure. here and there. Yeah. Things like ketchup and hot sauce. Gosh, that's not a big deal. Like get the regular versions of those. That is such a tiny rock where I am more concerned about getting the higher quality is things that have fat, mm. things like a dressing, things like a mayo. I do believe that's a, that's at least a medium sized rock. Yeah. Because that's going to be made with soybean oil, oil, canola oil, really pro-inflammatory fats. So I would rather someone be willing to take five minutes, which is all it would take, to mix up some avocado or olive oil and some herbs. That's true. And some vinegar. Another, another, yeah, I mean, the vinegar thing. I think another thing for me as a hack that was helpful was just for like the salad dressing piece Mm -hmm. of just doing olive oil and balsamic vinaigrette. Beautiful. With the, um, or balsamic vinegar. Yes. Yes. Okay. With pepper. 
Like, yeah, I don't that's know. Good. It was just delicious to do that up for a salad. Yes. And so that was just like a little hack that yeah, saved me I money. I love that. And yeah, yeah. time. But yeah, I, like you said, don't stress about the other things like, like a hot sauce, like a ketchup. I mean, that is just not going to be a big deal mm-hmm. at all. You know, I'm always, when I look at an ingredients list, I'm always looking for the fewest ingredients possible. Right. I'd rather not see preservatives on there, right? I mean, if if I can look at diced jalapenos that have preservatives and diced jalapenos that don't, that I'm going to choose that one. So it's just, you know, being label savvy and, you know, but again, not getting overly stressed about it. Right. So... And we already kind of mentioned this next tip, but we'll just kind of briefly mention it here again. Frozen veggies are an inexpensive shortcut. Um, They save prep time. They avoid waste. All the things we kind of talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take advantage of that. Yeah. So where you can, definitely get organic frozen veggies. I, you know, if you can, what I do, again, I have a large freezer, so I'm able to stock it. If they do go on sale, Mm -hmm. then I will stock up on those and, you know, they'll keep you know, for as long as I need That's them to keep. Yeah. And, and so I always have things on hand and I, I really like that. And we also shop at Costco. So like they have riced cauliflower that's organic there and it comes in a four pack bag. That is just so great. We buy two or three of those big bags at a time and keep them in the large <laughs> freezer and then we don't have to think about it. Yes. So, that's so nice. and again, then we'll just transfer frozen veggies into that bowl in our refrigerator so that they are thawed and ready to use for whatever prep that we need right so right so what's the next tip so buying in season as far as your produce that really can make a difference in terms of your budget that you know it's going to be a lot less expensive and probably the best one of the best ways to do that is to shop like at a farmer's market and we're going to talk about you know where to shop but mm-hmm. cut cut out the middleman but anything that's in season will be cheaper Right. So. Well, and I think just as a side note, right now, all of us, I mean, no matter where you are across the globe, we're coming into spring and summer, and that's like the more fun time to be at, mm-hmm. at outdoors and check out the farmer's markets and do the seasonal stuff. So yeah. t- take advantage of it now while it's the, the more fun season and you're making it more of a habit so that by winter, it's not like, you know, such a, it, you've just already built that excitement and you're doing it when it's yeah. really enjoyable that. to do it. I love that. Yeah. So this next one is maybe a little out there for some people, but it's about starting a like a container herb garden for your window or, or your front porch. I love fresh herbs. I feel like herbs are a game changer mm-hmm. for at-home meal prep. Mm-hmm. They completely change a salad or, you know, ground meat, putting in some fresh rosemary or basil or mint in my salad. Mm-hmm. It is just amazing and even I can keep herbs alive. Can you? Yes. I can. Oh my gosh. Now I have to prove myself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm only saying that because I'm projecting my own red thumb onto you that I yeah. have a very hard time keeping things alive. So, yeah. but no, I do that's, too, that's, that's but good herbs to know. somehow I've had good luck with. I feel like, you know, they, they take a very little space and they're really expensive to buy fresh. Right. So it's really fun to just grab a packet of seeds and... You know, especially if you have kids, that's a fun mm-hmm. thing to do. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this is co- going back to my childhood because I'm not currently doing it since I've moved around a lot. And once I kind of, I feel like once I make a space in a home, I'll, I'll feel more inclined to create a garden. Mm-hmm. But 
growing up, I mean, not that you have to create any big garden, but we used to just plant one or two things Mm -hmm. a year. And it was just really kind of a fun experience. And, you know, the food itself, like it just tastes completely different than the ones you buy in store. And so I would even ask that, like, if you do end up growing something like a, even if it's just some herbs to compare, like how you would get it in the grocery store to the one you made at home. Just yeah, do a little absolutely. experiment. It's a it's completely fun different thing. The yeah, enzyme activity and stuff that you're getting right out of the ground. I mean, it really, it, it is fun and it does taste better. We didn't really cover having a vegetable garden. I guess I don't, in my personal experience, that has not been a money-saving endeavor. endeavor. I've enjoyed mm. having mm. some container gardens and growing things because it is. It's fun to do with kids. I feel like I spend a lot more. Mm, that's a good point. In yeah. terms if of it, all of the resources. Well, especially if you do a big one. But I'm thinking just like I knew one of my um, roommates in college just would have like a little tomato plant outside of the window. Oh, that's and something beautiful. Really, I love that idea. something really yes. simple where it was yes. just kind of fun to be like, right. oh, let's go pick a tomato off our tomato yeah, plant. That's you good. know. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think it's a great idea to grow your own food. I'm not, but again, this is our podcast about, about budget. <laughs> and so in my personal experience, I know there are probably, we could do a whole show and probably ways to, to do that a lot, you know, more efficiently than I did, but I didn't find that I saved money. Which is, I think that. a good perspective. I mean, that so. I'm glad you were able to talk about that piece too because I'm sure there are some people who are like yep that wouldn't be a money saver yeah so. yeah I I guess it just depends maybe we need to get an expert on here to talk <laughs> we about get an that expert farmer yeah exactly. I don't know if it's us <laughs> yeah yeah so I go find my expert farmers at the farmer's market right. so that leads us into the next the next, next part, part of this so we're you know the, some of the best places to shop it is fun to go to the farmer's market and right. see what's in season and you know, wander around and meet people. There's so many neat things and lots of fun stuff going on. And most places have at least one farmer's market. What's fun here, I know here in Wichita, our farmer's market actually goes year round now. Mm -hmm. And they'll have, you know, lots of places have greenhouses and they've got an indoor market. So that's been a neat, neat Neat change. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Um, another place to go is Aldi because they have lots of organic and gluten-free options and they are the, aren't they the, they're the sister's store to Trader Trader Joe's. Joe's. Okay. Yeah. You, you told me that. So, yeah. yeah, So I think that's really cool kind of connecting the dots there because I think a lot of people recognize Trader Joe's as being like a health store and convenience and stuff. But to realize that Aldi is like Trader Joe's with all the, without all the fancy schmancy right. marketing stuff. And therefore they actually are able to give you stuff at even lower prices. Yeah. So something to consider there. Yeah. It is a great place to shop. I think people are a little bit intimidated because you have to take a quarter, you know, to get, get your cart. cart. You have to take <laughs> your own bags, Yeah. but it's just not a big deal. And the cost savings are profound. Yes. So that is a really good option if you are looking to be more efficient. So, and then the other one we've kind of mentioned before was buying your meat in bulk. You know, Lisa mentioned how you can easily just, well, maybe I shouldn't say easily, but once you do form a relationship with a farmer, maybe somebody you meet at the farmer's markets, that it's easy to just go in and maybe even go in with friends and Mm -hmm. directly buy from them. And you said it was $5.99 per pound. 
That's amazing. Yeah, that's a great it is. price. So, so the website to go on to find a farmer in your area, it's called eatwild.org, and we'll link to that in the show notes. But you can go on and type in your location and find out who is offering meat, whether it's lamb or beef or chicken or whatever in your area. So that's awesome. So this next one, many of you may be familiar with these. Some of you, not so much. They're called CSAs, which stands for community supported agriculture. And again, so many more of these are cropping up around the nation. And so basically what this is, is people buy into a farmer's production for the summer. So you can go in with a half share or a whole share. So at the beginning of the summer, you would pay a certain amount and then you will get a box of produce every week. Mm-hmm. And depends on the CSA that you go with and they'll always tell you what you're going to get and how much, but it is so much more affordable to do it this way. And it kind of forces you out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. to try some different things that you may not have been exposed to. The The website to, to find a CSA or more than one in your area is called localharvest.org. And I know in Wichita, we have several that are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, you can typically pick up from the farmer's market or you can go and do a farm visit, which is fun for kids mm-hmm. to f- actually see where food is growing from. Right. But I know lots of CSAs will also have like a table where people can do produce swaps So say, okay, I don't want, you know, this kind of greens, but I would like more of your spaghetti squash. And Mm -hmm. so they can kind of swap out. I think that's kind of a a neat idea. But every one of them is different, but I would encourage you to look into that if, you know, you're open to a little experimentation. And it is like, for example, for an entire, from May through the end of September, one of the CSAs here for a whole share, I believe it's $400, and that's getting a big box of produce every single week mm-hmm. for all of those months. And if that's you, amazing. I haven't priced that out, but I know that is, gosh, I think of how much I spend on produce, on produce. every week Yeah, <laughs> at the store. And, and again, you're getting everything that's very fresh right out of the ground. Right. And cost effective and kind of like what we'll talk about next week. That's also time effective, right? If it's delivered right to your door, it's like the Amazon of... of Well, typically they're not not usually delivered right to your door, but there's usually like a central drop-off location or to a farmer's market in your area. I don't... There may be some that drop to your door. I don't... Well, I know that, I mean, there's there's people that I work with that have talked about it being actually dropped to your door. So okay, I don't know. there may be again, some. there may Absolutely. be some out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just depends on which one. Yeah, so, so find so again, those yeah, <laughs> to yeah, we'll your link, Amazon and vegetables. Yes, we'll link to localharvest.org and you can look and see if you can find a CSA in your area. And, you know, again, I, I think if you have kids, for them to be able to go see that's going to excite them mm-hmm. about eating healthier. Like, wow, we got to pull this out of the ground or see where this came from, meet the farmer. That really gets them fired up in a whole different way. Yes. And if you call yourself a foodie, like I know a lot of people are really into like, oh, I like to try new things mm-hmm. and I like to, you know, this is a great way of incorporating that foodiness into your health journey. Yeah. Doing your own farm to table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, so this next part, I think we kind of already covered this really is just considering the savings that you're going to experience from spending a little more on quality food. Right. 
And I, and I think this is an important point that, you know, even if we're, we're saying this again, that I don't think we realize how much we save in the long run because it's invisible up front and because it is so far away. Mm-hmm. And our brains are designed to just kind of see the now and see the tangible and not to really consider, you know, what things may cost in the future. But doing this and incorporating more variety and healthy foods and nutrient-dense foods into your diet are going to reduce your medical expenses. They're going to reduce your need for the crazy diet plans and shakes and weight loss supplements that are actually probably not so great for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me that I felt more um, instantaneously, or I shouldn't say instant, but like within the first few weeks of, of changing the way that I ate when I was in college was feeling like I had energy and I wasn't as sick because I literally wasn't as sick because of um, me personally, I can't have gluten. And that was really just such a game changer for me to actually not be putting something into my body that was causing direct issues. And now there's a lot of indirect issues that certain foods can cause or things that what I didn't recognize until, you know, I was learning more and more about food was that, you know, food can be in your system and then cause a delayed reaction one to two days later. And I always thought that it was like, okay, if I ate something today, I would definitely know within a few hours that it was Mm -hmm. impacting me or my skin or whatever, but that it's actually sometimes that delayed reaction that we don't always see. So yeah. And, and it's not just food sensitivity. I mean, it's, it is about so many of us are walking around micronutrient depleted and yeah, we're surviving, but we are not functioning optimally. And so it's thinking of that spectrum that everything that we eat is either leading us, you know, further towards health or further away from health, mm-hmm. right? And there's all kinds of gray area in between. And again, that's not about being dogmatic. But the more that we can shift over to the bulk of the food that we eat is healthy, high quality, whole food, that is going, you are going to see so many benefits. And think about the habits that you're setting up for your family. I've worked with so many clients that it has just been just delightful to see their kids get on board over mm-hmm. time and start to, I, I have one client who their child realized they absolutely loved beets and it was, that got to be kind of a problem. It was funny because, you know, that can cause your urine to be red and they mm-hmm. went to daycare and the like, daycare oh, provider was concerned, but this little boy got obsessed with beets, Aww. you know, but again, their palates start to change and we are giving them such a gift to expand their palate at this age versus the high school students I've worked with that came from, you know, lower income backgrounds, you know, kind of live in food deserts that here they are in high school. They didn't recognize what blackberries were. Mm -hmm. You know, they, I tried to make healthy smoothies. None of that tasted good. Their Mm -hmm. palates were so programmed to process hyperpalatable, toxin-laden foods. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not their fault at all, but we are giving ourselves and our families such, I mean, an immeasurable gift. Right. Beyond, okay, yes, we're reducing medical expenses, but we're talking about quality of life here. Mm-hmm. And the, you can only believe this by experiencing it. Right. You know, I know for me, when I really shifted my diet towards paleo, I'd been off gluten for a while, but... Flooding my cells with nutrition, I used to come home from work when I was working at Wichita State, and I would come home and just survive the evening. It was all I could do to just get through, get my stuff done, be kind of grumpy and tired, get up and start all over. 
oh my gosh, I started having so much energy in the evenings and this is when I started creating my coaching practice. Mm-hmm. I had the energy and the bandwidth to start doing this thing completely on the side right. that, I, that I could have not ever fathomed that. Right. And how much is that worth in dollars? Because I think that we can all kind of, I mean, people will buy monster drinks, they'll buy anything to try to get their energy levels up and try to make it through things. Right. Um, but how much that saves us financially in the sense of we feel better, we are able to be more productive, we might be able to add more income to our lives and right. think in different ways that yeah. would expand that that we never even consider. Right. And I don't think people connect those dots that eating healthy may actually lead to you having a better job and making more income and yeah. um, spending less on, on a bunch of different things. And, and there's a lot of things that are intangible financially, right. the benefits, right? right? But if we're speaking specifically monetarily, there's also those benefits that of the things you don't see, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, hmm, maybe I wouldn't have branched out into that other job position or added this side hustle because I mm-hmm. didn't have the energy, right? Right. So again, this is, you know, when you're trying to wrap your head around spending a little more, it's just having in the back of your mind, I'm going to start to notice, do I have more mental clarity, more stable energy? Do I have more energy in the evenings? And really attribute that to this healthier food, link those two together in your mind, understand that there is a correlation there. Right. Right. And that is so amazing. Again, not only for you, but for your kids and their kids, that is a gift that keeps on giving. You're not going to be as, you know, decrepit as, I mean, for me, here I am on the eve of my 50th birthday. I want to be healthy and fit and strong. I don't want to be a burden to my kids. I know that sounds morbid, but I want to be active and vibrant. I don't want to survive, you know, the last half of my life. I want to thrive as long as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And if that means spending a little bit more at the grocery store, then I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that a priority, even if I have to, you know, limit a little bit in another area. Right. Yeah, I've seen the benefit, but you have to get into this yourself to really see that. And, and that's fine. Start where you are, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you're doing a blend of things, you're just starting to add more healthy food to what you're already doing. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully we've convinced you. Yeah. I (laughs) I think most people that are listening are probably probably already, already, yeah, Yeah. probably already convinced about, you know, we kind of know a lot of the people, you know, that are, that are listening here, but I do think it can be helpful. I will forget about all these you know, I, it, it can be helpful just to remember, be reminded of some of these tips that, oh yeah, okay, I need to go shop there again. And hey, maybe I'll start using some frozen vegetables because I feel like I'm throwing out half my produce bin and that's frustrating. Right. You know, so it can be just in the, in the margins here that right. you feel a little better. Taking food with you so that you're not running and grabbing something. Gosh, that really adds up. It does. Yeah, and maybe for some people who have been on the margins about switching to organic or the grass-fed, we've hopefully been able to explain why that's so important Mm -hmm. and why that makes a difference in your life and is something for you to incorporate into your life without spending too much money. Absolutely, and we are not woo-woo about stuff. We really talk about stuff that we think makes a difference. I mean, Mm -hmm. gosh, there's stuff that makes a 1% difference that I'm not going to be bothered with. Right. And I'm not saying other people shouldn't, but 
I, I feel like we need to be real. Right, right. Like what actually is going to have a market impact? Because right. that's the stuff that we should be focusing on. Because otherwise you drive yourself crazy. Yes, and I, I would argue that you're getting so involved in it that you might be creating stress in oh, your life. Oh, I've which done is it. Unhealthy. No, I've done it. Right. I, I absolutely have gone off the deep end here, and I, <laughs> you know, I, I'm at least back to the middle on this topic. You know, I'm probably off the deep end somewhere else, but, but aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I'm not scared to eat out. I avoid gluten, and but I'm not afraid to go eat some conventional vegetables at a restaurant or something like that. This isn't about being neurotic. Right. You know, this is about, I mean, it's what we do most of the time that we need to be focusing on, right? right? That's that's the deal. So if you have questions, if you feel like there are parts of this that we missed, didn't cover, that we should have talked about, please chime in on our Facebook page. We'll post this episode and we, or just, you know, send us a message and let us know, hey, next time you do a podcast, could you cover this topic? Or maybe you could have talked about that. And we can add that to the show notes and that will help somebody else. So, Absolutely. so we don't, we're, we don't know it all by any means yeah. and certainly don't claim to. And, and we, we're trying to create a community here and be as helpful as possible. Absolutely. So. Well, it was a pleasure to be able to talk to you today. Absolutely. We're going to go outside. It's supposed to snow tomorrow, so Jenny and I are going to go out (laughs) in the last remnants of the sun and and try to be warm. Yeah, and well, and to give that context, right now it's what, 70s, 80s right now, and it's going to be in the 40s tomorrow. So we're going to take advantage of the beautiful day that we have at the moment. Go sit out in the grass. All right, take care. Have a great week.